baby, they cook the foreskin and they eat it. And I just started thinking, well, if your mom was the midwife and she just kept bringing home foreskins. And you like, yo, what's for dinner? She like, top ramen, foreskin, and cabbage. Come get it while it's hot. You like, damn, foreskin again? Your homie there playing the game. He like, bro, why you always eating foreskins? I've been meaning to ask you about that. <laughs> I can get your EBT card. Talk to me. <laughs> EBT is the bomb. <laughs> I used to have EBT in middle school growing up and stuff. <laughs> I used to do so much stuff back then in high school when, like, the caller ID was very popular. It just popped, you know. I used to try to get girls' phone numbers with the caller ID back then in high school. This is how I do it. I go to school. And I wouldn't have a cell phone. I'd be like, hey, Brittany, can I use your cell phone? I'd call the house. And my mother worked graveyard, so she'd be asleep throughout the day. She wouldn't even answer. And I'd be like, all right, never mind. And then after football practice, i go home. i look up that same time. i call back. I'd be like, hey, did somebody call here? And they'd be like, uh, this is Brittany. You tried to use my phone earlier? And I'd be like, oh, well, what you doing? What you up to? What's your favorite cereal? And uh, whatever question that you think I'm interested in. What's your, bl- <laughs> what's your blood type? Let's see if we really compatible. And it never worked, as you can imagine. <laughs> it never worked, man. I did so much. So I lost my virginity. Let's go into those stories. I lost my virginity right before high school, in eighth grade, like the summer going into high school. And no one told me how to go down on a woman, so I just licked the hole the entire time. And um, from like 13 to 23, that's all I did was lick the hole the entire time, right? And someone finally, t- this is more of a PSA, apology, <laughs> rather than a joke. I'm getting real serious here. So, that, so I found that out. So fast forward, right, a few years after 23, let's say 26. I get a chance to have sex with a woman using her vibrator. And I thought that was cool because we go like 50-50 on the yard work kind of thing. And so I'm down, I'm going down on her, and I'm, I'm like attached to the clip. Like that's the way I know about it now, and I'm there. It's, I'm like, what do you want me to do with this? And she's like, put it at the top. And I was like, I'm not going back to the hole. I don't do that no more. So I just put it at the top on my forehead, and it vibrated for like 20 minutes. On my, boy, I had a throbbing headache, boy. I'm never going down on a woman again with her vibrator. Man versus the machine. <laughs> it was bad. I thought I was going to be cool. I thought we was going to be compatible. <laughs> that vibrator took all the work. <laughs> had all the credit. She was like, thank you. Hey, what about me? <laughs> I was at the clip. Um, let's see what other jokes we can talk about. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about white people. So, white people eat some weird stuff. My mother like doesn't like raw food or food that's like uncooked stuff, like steak tartare, like weird stuff. My mom. I have a Belgian aunt that's Caucasian, and I remember uh, when I was in Belgium, she was like had ground beef with seasoning, and I go in the kitchen. I'm like, oh, you about to make some hamburgers? And then they just started eating out the bowl, raw meat out the bowl. I was like, how do you get the microbes to digest that? You're going to get worms, auntie. And then I started to think, I was like, not only white people eat weird stuff, black people too, black people too. Uh, I have to start, I started thinking about this one time. I went to my homie's house in middle school, and his dad's African, right? I'm going to let this guy with the V8 engine go by. <laughs> All right. That's a great engine. All right, so <laughs> I go to his house, and his dad's African, and it's one of these people that don't believe in plate dividers. He put everything on one plate. He put rice, chicken, and ice cream all on the same plate. <laughs> he was like, how was the rice? I was like, cold and sweet. I like my rice. Cold and sweet. 
I didn't want to, I didn't want to offend him. It's like, I usually don't like, I like my ice cream separate. <laughs> and I like it at a different time, like after I eat this food right here. After I eat this hot food. In my village, we get what we get. No, no I'm sorry, I'm not going to do any. I got, sometimes I be, I don't know the thin line between performing and cooning. It's like a thin line. It's a very thin line. I don't know. If, so I'll be trying to, sometimes I be feel like I'm crossing that. Them, oh, them sisters ain't here no more, so it's good. <laughs> them sisters ain't here. Because, <laughs> you know, black people, older black women, I get a lot of flack from older black women cause for, like, interracial dating. Because they still don't do that. They really don't do that. Like, this one woman, she said, your mama black, your daddy black, get a black girl. But I feel like that logic doesn't go with anything else, you know? Like, I'm not shopping, be like, my mama black, my daddy black. Let me, let me get this black shirt right here. <laughs> mama black, daddy black. Let me get these black shoes. My parents are black, therefore everything must be black. The black album. I'm going to get the Jay-Z album, too. I used to rap. Oh, I'm out. <laughs> they try to give me, boy. I ain't playing with them. I'm out of here. I'm scared. Hold on, let these people go by. <laughs> oh, there's a fire. Okay, fire department now. All right. Shout out to the fire department. Again, you guys are cool. That was close, man. Um, <laughs> I've never been. I've been arrested like one time, and it was like mistaken identity, as my grandmother put it. I was. A, I was like a late. I used to. So I played clarinet in high school. I just tell this story since they can't. I played clarinet in high school. Woodwind instruments. What up with y'all? Um, and. I was late to high school and I just went to like the shopping center to get some chips and I'm like walking to the bus stop and something tells me to turn around and it's a cop walking to me like with his hand like this and I take my headphones off and he's like, somebody just got robbed over there by that hotel and I want to check your clarinet case. <laughs> he checks it, he lifts it up, I'm like, this ain't Desperado player, would you, <laughs> you think I got some nines under here, like, got oh, he got me. <laughs> I was supposed to like just shoot him like <laughs> What case you want to check? <laughs> oh, this is fun. I'm from Oakland. I'm from Oakland. Uh, I knew Oakland was was getting gentrified when I started getting pulled over on my bicycle a lot. Like, y'all must be on to something. They pulled me over at nighttime like this. They put the flashlight in my eyes. They was like, what you on? Your pupils dilated. I was like, yeah, it's dark, officer. This is what pupils do. <laughs> I swear to God, I wish I could control my pupils. Oh, thank you. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I over? Oh, yeah. 20 more minutes. Yeah, Josh. Hey. Let's do some more comedy. Uh, let's see. Who else I can talk about besides my family? I used to talk about my family a lot, and I stopped doing that. It's like, yo, I got to think of some uh, better jokes and leave my family alone. I'm going to leave that to you. You <laughs> should talk about Mexican. <laughs> I have no problem with Mexicans. I'm, I'm, shout out to the, anybody Mexican in here? Oh, you okay? <laughs> He's like, on my behalf, talk about Mexicans. <laughs> nah, I like Mexicans. Mexicans are cool. Uh, in fact, I know a lot of Spanish. Because I've been taking Duolingo. And, uh, <laughs> no. All right, uh, let's, uh, let's end on a joke. Uh, let's see. Um, ukulele. Ellipsis. Eucalyptus. You guys get that? You guys understand that? 
Uh, I'll do the last one. All right, so <laughs> I work at a coffee shop, and um, I never grew up, like, going to coffee shops, so I'm kind of a bitter old person when I see high school people drink coffee and hang out at coffee shops. Uh, so I always be like have passive remarks. So I hand him that coffee and I'd be like, better than Adderall, huh? <laughs> and that's it. All right. I appreciate it. I'm Gary Hughes. Thank you. Gary Hughes, everybody. Hooray. Yes. He was talking about food for a minute and I feel very confident about that um i don't understand why we aren't praising martha stewart right now martha stewart the queen of food why are we not using martha stewart's vaginal yeast to make a beautiful sourdough and why is that not available at trader joe's right now like i want to eat some sourdough made with yeast from martha stewart's vag am i the only no one else wants that? Is that just me? Is that, is that, that's my, that's my fetish. That's my problem. I love Martha Stewart. That's the problem. Oh boy. I've been thinking like Fitbit is a thing. Who has a Fitbit? Does anyone have a Fitbit? You have Fitbits? Yeah, right? Like why doesn't Fitbit like combine with Easy Bake Ovens and they can like be inside my uterus and like I, like uh, I can make bread inside my own uterus. Like, l follow me here for a second. Like if Fitbit could make like an app called Bun in the Oven, and like when I walk, like I'm kneading the dough, right? Like the yeast from my own body, and then we stick it in there with like this weird Fitbit thing. And then when I'm on the bus, in the future, I haven't been on the bus in a while, but I get to like pop out hot and fresh, like bing. Like on the bus, I can just leave a, a hot, fresh biscuit. Just like, bing. It comes right out of my box. Like I literally have a bun in the oven. Like I'm excited for this. Like what if, why can't they make, it, it makes me crazy though because I walk around a lot and between my backpack and my t-shirt, my t-shirt like rides up my back, which makes me know that this is energy that isn't being used. Like, why are we not using the energy that makes my, like my shirt rides up my back? Like, can't I, can we not turn that into real energy? Like, what are we doing, people? I don't know how energy works. <laughs> it can't be created or destroyed, but I'm walking around a lot and, <laughs> And my shirt keeps riding up my back. And all I'm saying is, like, I'd like to be making some tiny little pop buns. Bing. <laughs> I like this. I feel like I'm in the Matrix, and it's time to start using my own yeast for something good. Is anyone a vegan? You're a vegan? Do you eat bread? Okay, so here's the thing. I bake a lot of bread. And I know how it works. You take the yeast and, and then you like make them alive and you basically enslave them and you, you make them work. You take entire cultures and you make them work for you, right? And they like poop and fart and they make your bread be all fluffy. And then you turn your oven on and then you murder them. Bread is some Nazi shit, bro. <laughs> like bread 
is so Nazi. You weird, weird vegans. You just eat bread. You have no problem with bread. But we're killing millions of cultures. Ah! Vegans pretend to be so, so woke. They murder so many. I am a killer of worlds. Every time I bake bread, I'm like, yeah, oh, I am Hitler. <laughs> I murder all of you, and then I eat you. I don't know if he ate people, but whatever. Hitler was a bad guy. All right. We have one last comedian for you guys up tonight. Put your hands together for Pancake the Syrup King. Yay! Uno momento, por favor. For I uh, should not go up. I thought I thought we were gonna have the uh, walk-on go up, and Felipe, and then and then there's there's uh, there's Hunter. He was here. I uh yeah, that'd be great. Yeah, if you could roll this up for me. I was in the middle of rolling up a something. Yeah. Okay. It's it's oh yeah it's it's already there. You guys are good. Um, hello. Keep the chatter down. Everyone on their phone, put it away. I'm talking. I'm Pancake. I'm the Syrup King. Hello, Bernie. I see you. We haven't seen each other in a while. Hi. Every time. My name. Double wrapped. I hope nothing happens. I, I hope I don't get any uh. Something's on on the um, mouth. Hi, I'm Pancake. Sorry, really, I was unprepared. I'm I'm about ready to. Are you okay? Wow, I'm trying to help everyone else except myself, cause that's who I am. I'm I'm a. Selfless. Oh, wow. I'm getting full service up here. <laughs> Sorry. No dead air. No dead air. Um, I whew, noticed uh, a couple things while listening to Spotify for the first time in like two years. I had it on my phone installed for two years, not using it. You guys ever do that with apps? You guys don't like install five apps in one day and then you only use like one of them like regularly? No, you guys are efficient, aren't you? You guys got clean bedrooms too. <laughs> you guys can F right off. How about I uh I want to say um F and A, right? But why don't I just why don't I just say the A? Is there something wrong with the A that F is equally, uh, uh, you know, comparatively it is way way better than saying A. What is the A? Is it is it Antebellum? There's a movie coming out called Antebellum. So if they make a call, if they make a movie Named titled N word, the N word, <laughs> not not 
the letter N dash word, W-O-R-D. No, I'm talking about the other one. You know what I'm talking about? Is it okay to dance around this? Is this, um, is this, uh, putting you guys in, 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 are you guys clenching? Your, your arms are folded. Your, that means you're like closed off. That means you're not being receptive. No, I don't mean to change your stance. Um, keep your feet grounded, <laughs> deep breaths. Everyone should be d breathing deeply. I'm tired of that shallow S. Um, I was about to say the, the, the bull S word. Um, if that, oh, I need to stop buying drugs from those cool cats on hate and Ashbury. It's only $10 a hit and you get a lot uh, bang for your buck. So one, one is sufficient for a regular person. And I took one, I'm, I'm a giant, I'm seven foot three. Um, I'm actually like 20 miles away from you guys. Um, hello, <laughs> my voice is being transmitted to you via the internet. I really want to pass this off so more people can get on. Okay, one minute. I see a lot of professional comics when they hear one minute, they immediately wrap it up in the first 20 seconds of that minute. So without further ado, I am Pancake, the Syrup King, and I would like to begin my set now. Pancake the Syrup King! We have one last comedian for you guys. You should be so excited. He was on on the earlier show, but he's going to wrap it up for you right now. Put your hands together for Hunter Uniac! Yay! Fuck yes, people. I am still hungover as shit. My girlfriend broke up with me recently. Kind of sucks. I don't know why she broke up with me. I treat her like a goddess. I'm an atheist. I never believed in her. You know, when I met her, uh, I found she's a raver because the first time we had sex, we used a glow stick condom. <laughs> we broke it before we used it. Yeah. You know, it's crazy though. Like, before I met this girl, I was only uh, sleeping with single mothers. Didn't happen on purpose. Just kind of happened. You know what's the best part about sleeping with single moms? The snacks. They're amazing. One time after the act, this woman—I can't look at you. You're a single mom. One time after the act, this woman she gave me a fruit by the foot, so I had to split it with her because it was the only way she was going to get six inches that night. Fuck you guys, it's hilarious. <laughs> COVID's weird, guys. Yeah. It's weird, dude. Like, like, you know this shit's serious? Because I haven't heard anything from Al-Qaeda. <laughs> and when a group of people whose sole job description is to kill themselves are calling in sick for work, you know, doesn't make sense. What else do I want to talk about? I'm, um, let me introduce myself. My name's Hunter Uniac. My dad's a current tweaker. My mom's a former cokehead, and I'm a raging alcoholic, which means my parents have to be proud of me. I'm half white and half Filipino, which means I'm 100% white at heart and 100% Filipino on paper, you know, for college reasons. Did they work? No, I'm doing fucking stand-up right now. I guess the point is I'm so white, I leave Yelp reviews for my drug dealers. I'm so white, if I was a pimp, all my bitches would have dental. I'm so white, my favorite rapper was the singer from Linkin Park. I'm so white, I discovered most deaf from the cameo we had on House. Yeah, the last one's not a 
not a joke. Almost cussed. It's fun though, guys. I um, let's do this. You guys like drinking? Fuck yeah, I love drinking. A little fun fact about drinking: up until the year 1820, the only way you can have clean uh, water was if alcohol was in it. So they sterilized it. That means everybody up until the year 1820 was blacked out drunk. That's amazing. The founding fathers of their great country signed the Declaration of Independence in like way before 1820. That means the founding fathers of this great country were blacked out when they were signing the Declaration of Independence. It's amazing. Benjamin Franklin, he wrote our constitution, he invented the stove. How did he discover electricity? By flying a kite into a thunderstorm at four in the morning. That's not a man of science. That's a drunk man flying a kite into a thunderstorm at four in the morning. Benjamin, uh, sorry, George Washington, he got into a fight with the cherry tree. They don't even talk. He then chopped him down and made him to his teeth. Those aren't the actions of an alcoholic. That's a drunk man. That's a drug addict. That's why now I have this theory that the only sober man up until the year 1820 was Jesus Christ. All right? I'm messing up this joke. I'm messing up this joke. The only sober man is Jesus Christ, all right? You know the story where you fed like 5,000 people with three fish? It's very popular in the Bible. Yeah? Yeah? You know what happened next to? A river. That means everybody in the Bible is too drunk to know where fish come from. <laughs> Jesus says, take my hand and I shall guide you into the promised land. That's him trying to get his drunk ass apostles home at, at like four in the morning. I can see him pacing up and down the streets of biblical Bethlehem just going, Judas! Jesus Christ, Judas. I swear to God, he'll be the death of me one of these days. Oh, oh what? You didn't read the book? It happened. I do believe in heaven. I just don't want to go there when I die for one simple reason. I'm terrified of heights. I'll be spending the first thousand years of eternal bliss having a panic attack. What's up for that? I get to meet all the nice people who went to the heaven? They're boring. I want to go to hell. That's where all the hookers and blow are. Are you kidding me? I'm a boring person off stage. I really am. You want to know you find out you're a boring person? People on cocaine just walk out of your conversations. Don't laugh. You did that to me once. <laughs> no, you didn't. Yeah, I did give you the I'm the reason you're sober now. <laughs> hey, do you guys think Hulk Hogan looks like Thor if he was on bath salts? Yeah? Cool. Cool. Election day is coming up soon. I'm sorry to trigger you with politics. But election day is coming up soon. A little fun fact about voting. You guys know California state law. It allows you two hours paid break to go uh, go and vote. Yeah. You know what I did last election year? I worked two jobs. I called. I told my first boss towards the end of my shift, like, hey, I need two hours paid break to go and vote. As soon as I left my uh, first job, I called my second boss. I was like, hey, I need two hours paid break to go and vote. Neither job knew about the other job, but both jobs definitely didn't know I mailed my ballot in 10 days ago. What do I want to end you on? I like Mrs. Doubtfire. It's my favorite movie. Yeah, yeah. Let's pretend Mother's Day was yesterday so I can do this joke. So Mother's Day was yesterday, and for Mother's Day, I bought my mom uh, the movie Mrs. Doubtfire, you know? And so she thought it was like a really heartwarming thing because it was the first movie I sat down with my mom and watched as, you know, mother and child. Uh, what she failed to realize is Mrs. Doubtfire is a story of a failure as a father, dressing up in drag, and then succeeding as a mother. So I pretty much told her, like, anybody else can do your job. All right. <laughs> I'm sorry to trigger you, Bernie. <laughs> I've just been on you all day. I love you. Need to see you too. All right. One minute.
I don't know. It sounds like I have Tourette's with a tick. You know, guys? It's a talent. Just like, is a talent? All right. Yeah, you cuss like 20 times in a three-minute set. It's okay. It's okay. Yeah, I thought I was going to finish my last minute by doing actual jokes at talking to you. I'm joking. I'm so mean. I love you. I love you. I actually had nothing else to say, so thank you, Bernie. That's my time. Give it up for me. Give it up for Pam. Give it up for real comic to come up here. That's been our show tonight, everybody. Thank you so much for hanging out and enjoying comedy outside and being awesome. If you want to throw any ducats in the thing, we have a little thing up here. We love money because it helps keep us alive. Also, our uh, Venmo is Mutiny Radio, all one word. There's another Mutiny Radio, but they're jerks, and they tried to steal money from me. But it's just Mutiny Radio, all one word. Or And join us on Instagram. I'm trying so hard. Instagram is uh, Mutiny Radio SF. Follow us. Thank you so much for being here. We're here every Friday night at 7 o'clock. You guys are the best. So cough it up yourselves. Yay, audience. Yay. Thank you for being here. I'll leave you with one last joke. Uh, I'll leave you with my most favorite closer. We talked a lot about tonight about circumcision. I say circumcision, his choice, his decision. Because my fetish is that I really like uncircumcised guys. And I want to take their dick and I want to pull it up. And I want to pull their foreskin up over their dick. And I want to put whiskey in their foreskin. Because I want whiskey dick for real. Can I finally get what I want? Right? It's twofold. Uh, one, I'm an alcoholic and I like new and sexy ways to drink whiskey. And two, boys are gross. And you have to clean out all that schmegma. Thank you all for being here tonight. I ended on a schmegma joke, which makes me a professional. Um, really, honestly, thank you so much. We'll be here next Friday at 7. Yay, you, yay, us. The money jar's up here. Hooray. Bye. Yay. Everything considered, I think I'm lucky to be here. Why do my good reactions always seem to interfere with the butt of my life? Someone call the doctor, think I'm sick beyond repair. I don't need no medicine, I just
Gypsy's tale all written out inside the wave of my voice on oh, many moons all with different hues they just lit the way a sick came and went too soon
will gather around me sea dogs and get aboard me pirate ship as we set sail for the seas of Mutiny Radio.fm. From there, you can captain your own pirate ship as you sail through over 44 different shows for all of your listening pleasures. They've got live comedy to small business advice, LGBTQ-friendly to sports, vinyl to gutter punk. Mutiny Radio.fm has the best programming the Internet Ocean has to offer you. I bet my peg leg on it, or I ain't scurvy shit-faced McRat. <laughs> As the world gets wackier and less predictable in every way, it is more important than ever for us to all remember our roots. We wouldn't be here today if our ancestors hadn't had the capacity and the skills to take care of themselves and their communities using the resources in the natural world around them and their own two hands. My name is Wonia Thibault of Buckskin Revolution and Alone Season 6, and I started Buckskin Revolution not just to empower people with a wider range of skills to meet their basic needs, but also to inspire them with a sense of fulfillment and connection that comes with living a little closer to the earth and using our bodies, our minds, and our very DNA for what they evolved to do, to help us thrive without the need for modern technology and industry. If that sounds appealing to you, I hope you'll join me for the Fall 2020 Buckskin Revolution Online Skills Gathering, an eight-week learning experience designed to work within any schedule. It involves pre-recorded classes, live interactive sessions, and online community learning support from both myself and your fellow students. The need for these skills has never been more pressing, and Buckskin Revolution is working hard to bring them to you. I hope you can join us. Get connected with yourself and the world around you at buckskinrevolution.com. Billy Bob, you ever want to be funny? Well, my dogs think I'm funny, Daryl. Well, I mean, you ever want to be, like, in front of an audience, like, other than, like, squirrels, dogs, and dead persons? Oh, shoot. From time to time, I've been giving it a thought of two. You know, if you go to Joke Workshop, there's more than two peoples paying attention to your jokes, and they ain't even gonna be jerks about it. Daryl, are you serious? I can get people to listen to my jokes? And they'll even say nice things to you before they tell you how to get improvements. No way. What is this dag nabbit thing called? It's Joke Workshop. Joke Workshop? Yep, every Monday, 6 to 8 p.m. on the Mutant Radius. So you're saying I could tell my jokes every Monday from 6 to 8? That's what I'm saying. It's the Joke Workshop Mondays, 6 to 8 p.m. at the Mutant Radius. Yahoo! 499. Are the end times upon us? Not yet, my friends. Please, this is an impassioned plea from Pam Benjamin, the director of Mutiny Radio. Let us live past October. You think it's a joke? COVID is decimating all of us, and especially us here at Mutiny Radio. We have money left until October 1st. Don't let anyone sing, despite of their size. Please. 
please go donate to our GoFundMe. Go to mutinyradio.fm and click that GoFundMe button. Or just go to Venmo. Mutiny Radio, all one word. Just Mutiny Radio. Give us five bucks. Help us keep free speech and radical self-expression real and alive here in San Francisco and all over the world. Please donate to our Mutiny Radio. Go fund me and keep us alive in 2020 and beyond. Don't let our world end. I am Italian. And we brought you fascistness with Mussolini. And before that, the Romans. So if you think you live in a fascist country, well, you do. Antitrump.com is the antivirus to the Trump virus. It started in 2016 with two sketches and a dream for a better America. No one thought it would be this bad. He was a 70-year-old yammering nimrod. How bad could it possibly be? We are now in a global pandemic without adequate leadership. Individual politics are not important. We need to rally behind curing the Trump virus. Go to antitrump.com. Hey you, poetry reader, this is Bjork's sister, Mjork. It's okay, we also have a soul and a weekly poetry reading on Mutiny Radio's AltaCast, zoomed every Wednesday at high noon from Glasgow, Scotland. One of our co-hosts from Choose Poetry, Choose Life, Andy Talbot, has a new poetry chapbook, Old Wounds new skin which is available at analogsubmission.com now go buy it and don't let poets lie to you once again that's andy talbot's new poetry chapbook old wounds new skin available at analogsubmission.com I'm Michael Spiegelman. And I am Carl, not Spiegelman. Join us every Sunday, 2 to 4 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on mutinyradio.fm for... Let's watch a full-length movie on... YouTube. We watch the best movies that... Uh, aren't they good? Well, they're chosen by uh, Here's you. his theme song again. Bye. Okay, bye. Watch
Why not make a donation? MutinyRadio.fm Streaming live the station MutinyRadio.fm District of the Mission MutinyRadio.fm MutinyRadio.fm Listen to live streaming radio Or download a podcast and you can listen on the go San Francisco MutinyRadio.fm. Hit the donate button, stream them live, download a podcast, have some fun! The Ministry of Lava manages our national lava resources to ensure that we will always have a steady supply of lava to operate the nation's active volcanoes, which in turn power our cities and methamphetamine labs. As a matter of national security, we need to reduce our dependence on foreign lava, which means an expansion of domestic lava drilling. As your chancellor, I will build lava wells all over the country as well as secure access to more lava fields by invading Hawaii. Imagine orange gold spurting out from school playgrounds on the Great Plains and illuminating the Nebraska sky like fireworks on the 4th of July. Magma oozing over the rolling hills of Kentucky. Volcanic ash settling gently over homes in New England like fresh gray snow. If you want global lava markets to continue to be dominated by terriblest regimes like Iceland, Chile, and the Philippines, vote for my opponent, who sits in their back pocket as comfortably as Pahoehoe on the slopes of Kilauea. If you want the United States to stay competitive in the era of peak lava and beyond, then take a chance on the Chancellor. Thank you very much. This is L M O Y T. Yeah, that's the name of our show. Let's watch a full-length movie on YouTube with Mike Spiegelman and Carl. Hi, Carl. Hi, Mike. L W A F L M O Y T. Ready to roll. I'm gonna pronounce La Waffle No End Aunt. Got it. There's no end at the end. I added that. La Waffle Met. La Waffle Mot. La Waffle Mot. 
The Waffle Mod. Yeah, obviously. Well, it's it's short for Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. We stream first on MutinyRadio.fm every Sunday, 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time with a great uh, collections of shows on Sunday. Before us is The Edge of Insanity with Paul Brumbaugh. And then there's usually some uh, great stuff our station manager, Bam Benjamin, does on at 4 o'clock. So uh, the only sponsor today is Muni Radio. Go ahead to Venmo and uh, throw in some bucks to donate to Muni Radio at Muni Radio. So we want you also to go to YouTube to fully experience this podcast. Sure, we have a Twitter site called LWAFLMOYT. Sure, we have a great YouTube channel, which has an advanced episode. More on that at the end of the show. Right. Already posted at WAFLMOYT. And we have uh, our Facebook page at Let's Watch a Full-Length Movie on YouTube. Oh, it does not flow off my tongue. Uh, Carl, what is the movie today? What are we watching? Okay. Today we will watch A Night in Casablanca, 1946. Casablanca? A Night in Casablanca, 1946. It's not like A Night of the Round Table. You type A-N-I-G-H-T in Casablanca, and that's Casa like a house, C-A-S-A. And Blanca, like white, uh-huh. E-L-A-N-C-A, one word, Casablanca, 1946. And we like right. the channel Groovy Movies. Oh, I like that rhyme. <laughs> okay, I'm subscribing to them. So go ahead to find A Night in Casablanca, 1946, Mark's Brothers Comedy, and that's Brothers Short. You click the link, courtesy of Groovy Movies. Hit pause immediately, get that slider to zero, 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 and we want to watch this movie. Let us watch this movie all together. So we want to count down and hit go at the same time, and we are so honored to have none other than the host of the previous podcast, The Edge of Insanity, which is available as a podcast or listen live at noon, um, Paul Brumbaugh. Paul, great to have you here. Oh, that's right. Paul's not here, but we have in his place. The Prince Proxy of uh, preening and numerals. <laughs> Will you give it up for the Paul Brumbot? Oh, the Marx Brothers. Mm-hmm. We're going to risk comedy for a comedy tonight. And there it is. Do you see him? There's Chico. <laughs> right there in the opening credits. With his rent-a-camel. Did you see Chico? Yeah, and he's there. He's He is a rent-a-camel guy. He's a, he, he, owns, he owns Yellow Camel. Oh, that's the camel company that he runs? Right. They yeah, I heard it's really a lot. Oh, there's a checker? Yeah, uh, I prefer yellow camel because the phone number is always the same. Just one digit. It's easy to remember. But checker camel isn't yellow. They'll go anywhere. 
Well, don't you call? Uh, I mean, honestly, I usually just call a camel Uber. <laughs> yeah, mm-hmm. Uber camel. In today's day and age. Or, well, I used to well back before, before times. I used to take a uh, Uber camel uh, pool, and it would be six of us on the camel. <laughs> wow! Yeah, you, you guys really needed a dromedary. Yeah, we had to do a dromedary, but no one was really talking about it. Whoa! Oh, that's some, whoa! What happened? That was a uh, near the hotel. Don't order what that guy had. Mm-hmm. He's the manager of the hotel. It's a one star. There's my ah. review. Get, call me a camel Uber. The poison is excellent today, sir. <laughs> I'll have what he's having. Poison it is. <laughs> There's Man, this is more shady characters. Uh, so those are the bad guys. Yeah, this is what, you know, like these movies, like when they, the Marsh Brothers started making movies later on, you barely got to them. You just wanted to see a Marsh Brothers. So it was cool to see Chico up front and then go to this boring story, you know, get to the exposition. Yeah, well, they're trying to look like... Uh... Okay, so at first, this movie was all going to be a spoof on Casablanca. And... Oh, the movie Casablanca. Yeah. But in right they now... They were fully aware. Oh, listen... You see, he said, round up all likely suspects. That's as close as we get to the Casablanca movie. Ah, the usual suspects. Yeah, right. Even, <clears throat> now, even bold. Here's the funny gag. I got to interrupt uh, you because this is one of the funniest gags in the whole movie. He's like, what are you holding hey, up? Hey, it's awesome. Uh-oh. <laughs> Boom. Talk about the house boom. House bus, indeed. Man, that was some house party. He really rocked the house. Yeah, that's right. That was part of the house yeah. b- boom. Was... And, and bus. Yeah, housing boom. That was the housing crash in 2007. Finally, house MD. Those are all the house jokes I have. <laughs> so th- this is what the... Oh, look at this guy. Oh, he's Zeppo. No, he's that's the straight man. Well, yeah, yeah, but he's not a Marx brother, but yes. Look at him. He's stiffer than the grand, uh, than the babysitter, and don't tell mom the babysitter's dead. <laughs> he's stiffer than the stiff. So what he's saying yeah. is he was in Nazi France, and they forced him at gunpoint to fly a plane to South America with all sorts of treasure, like Nazi treasure. But... He couldn't uh, do it in good conscience, so he dropped his fuel, making himself crash. A ridiculous premise, and he crashed in Casablanca. Why don't you just land the plane? Just land the plane. But no, he crashed in Casablanca. He got arrested. So this when is he like came back. The treasure was gone. Interesting. So the treasure is somewhere in Casablanca. Right. Now, he threw off the first loot crates, am I right? Because there was loot in the crates. So the loot. How much did it cost? Like the microtransaction. The loot waffa. Um, yeah. I'm not sure what you're saying, but he just crashed the plane. Like, he didn't. He got his fuel and dropped his fuel. He didn't. Yeah, he could have just landed. Yeah, he could have just landed. Man, can you imagine being. 
Can you pilot a plane with Nazis holding a gun to your head the whole time? Uh, the Nazis weren't in the... Hey, maybe, no, but they forced him to... the Nazis so, were in the plane, and that's why he crashed, to make it look like he had no choice. It was an accident. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, and this guy is a Nazi, right? He's a... Uh... This guy is a Nazi, and okay. he now has a secret cable from one of his Nazi henchmen. What year is this supposed to be? Is this the same time as the movie Casablanca? I don't think so. I think this is post-war. Oh, look, truly case. Oh, wait, hey, look at that. Now it's in the secret code book. Four on the book. Um, so let's see. A equals B. B equals C. Okay, this is oh. his man. Yeah, his manservant. He he plays a manservant to a Nazi. Yes, Harpo. Now here we have our first funny joke. He's he's oh, yeah. buffing the shoes. He's uh, polishing the shoes. Shoe shine. I I love this movie. I mean, it's so great just to see him. You know, even if he's like kind of old Harpo, or older Harpo. You know, he this was really takes him a little bit longer. This is his last film. This was the Marx Brothers. There was another Marx Brothers film, but they weren't even on the same scenes together. Yeah. Okay. Right, so, yeah, there was, um, yeah. Well, I, I don't know. People criticize this like it's the worst Marx Brothers movie. I don't agree. This movie's perfectly fine. They, um, they do all the Marx Brothers things. Look, he puts his vest on inside right. out. Ah, uh, that's a poor investment. Now, which one is Chico? Chico would be the Italian. That's why I figured he would be the manservant. Okay, so in 1946, the Marx Brothers considered themselves retired as a screen team, but brother Chico's ongoing financial difficulties coaxed them back in the studio for a final film. So that's what we're seeing here. Okay. Like, help a brother out. Now, look, he puts on his jacket backwards and puts his hat <laughs> Max, your hat. <laughs> what? What? Oh, you I thought that was the stick of my. Oh man! Ouch! Look at it. He's so old; you can see the dust come off him. <laughs> Hit an old man. Jeez, even the Three Stooges stopped at that. That's why I like the Three Stooges. They're in their sixties or whatever, and they're just kicking the crap out of each other. Yeah. Oh, he can't be in his 60s huh? here. I can... No, you think he's in his 50s? Okay, now Just what the movie happens sucks. here? All right. Whoop, toupee gone. Whoop, toupee gone. Ooh, and he's got a scar on his head. Yeah. That's how I lost my Merkin. You know, I, I lost my Merkin that way. Don't <laughs> ask me how I had the vacuum cleaner. Money. I lost my Merkin, too. I was trying to fuck the vacuum. <laughs> I just said that. <laughs> okay, so yeah, let's see here. We Harpo both did Marx. it. Yeah. Harpo Marx. Oh, here's the song. A kiss is not a kiss. That's why I was wondering if this was a Warner Brothers movie because Warner Brothers always starts their film with that little snippet from Casablanca. Right, right. As time rolls by. This is who's sorry now in French. 
Oh, all the French people in Casablanca are like, yeah, we. It's French from Morocco, right? Yeah. Okay, Harpo was born in 1910, so he was 56 years old in 46. Oh, that's not bad. So I am two I, you know, younger than he is in this film. Oh, right. So it's not that bad. So for, for us, it's like he's the average man now. When my wife kisses it, me, it does come off. A cocaine? No. Dust. Okay, so he lost his, ta his uh, toupee. And therefore, he couldn't leave his room because he has this distinguishing scar on his head. And everyone will know he's the famous Nazi Heinrich something. Okay? Oh, right. Didn't, didn't Brad Pitt and uh, Eli Roth carve a swastika on his forehead at the end of the Glorious Bastards? That's or right. Someday you're going to take that uniform off. Heinrich Stubler. <laughs> Oh, he has his evil name on, written on there? How'd you know it was me? It was on your underwear. Okay, here we go. Finally, we get to Chico. That prop. You fool! If you cut that in my forehead, your, your superiors will kill you. Nah. I think I'll probably get chewed out. I've been chewed <laughs> out before. <laughs> oh, my God. Look at that. The ball shake. Only a brother could do that. Right. See, they're brothers. Bro even, Nick Hansen. Yeah, because otherwise, no other. I'm not going to shake your hand under your balls. Unless. That was actually uh, pretty dangerous because at, at their age, their balls hung low. That's what I was saying. They would have gotten in the way of the handshake. Okay, now, the manager of the hotel has died, has been murdered by. You know, every like for the last five managers because Stubel's trying to become the manager, and here comes Groucho, the new manager. Hey, it's Groucho. Now, I don't know why I love their banter. this is the worst. It's the, they're doing exactly what they always do. Yeah, I always understood that this movie wasn't really known because it was it was so the title was so close to Casablanca, they had gotten sued and it just never really shows up. I first saw it in a box set that I have that has Go West and the big store and that's right. and room service. That's like the shitty post films after this. This one and then Day of the Races and Night of the Opera. Yeah. So, you know, I, I films too. You know, it's races. better than Day of Races. Mm -hmm. Okay, so Groucho, first of all, they never got sued. They never got sued. It was Groucho who lied and said, you know that Warner Brothers is suing us? And he wanted oh, to... Oh, no shit. Groucho. Right. Yeah, there he goes. Hello, have you seen the new manager? Well, I am the new manager. That's right. You know, I sent an elephant in my pajamas. How I got in my pajamas is because I fucked him before I shot him. Hey, you! That's my graduate marks. He said, we have assembled the staff to see what you expect of them. Never mind that. Assemble the guests. Oh, uh, then we assemble. Okay. 
So then he barks out orders, right? He's like, okay, you, I want you to mop the floor. Better yet, mop the ceiling. Well, why aren't you mopping the floor and the ceiling? You, make me a grilled cheese sandwich. Better yet, make it a real cheese sandwich. He's like, what do you want to do first? First, I want to rename, renumber all the rooms. And he goes, what? But the guests will love rock into the wrong rooms. Think of the confusion. He goes, think of the fun. Oh, right, yeah, they all get it on. He goes... Russia has a lot anyway. He goes, we've got to speed things up around here. He calls in the chef, and he goes, if they ask for a three-minute egg, give them it in two minutes. If they ask for a two-minute egg, give it to them in one minute. If they ask for a one-minute egg, give them a chicken and let them figure it out. And if they can't figure it out, I have two more pages of this. <laughs> All right, no, I'm going to leave. You can leave, eh? You want a tip, huh? No, I don't want a tip. I just want to leave. So. He was always the. Yeah. Well, I was just going to tell you more about this fake lawsuit. I mean, he just did it to, uh, to, to hype up his movie, to have people go see it. Um, he said, Groucho responded with a letter asserting that he and his siblings had use of the word brothers, you know, like Mark, Mark's brothers, prior to the establishment right. of Warner Brothers. You know, and so he was going, we're going to go. Uh, oh, so it was, I fell for it. I thought the whole thing was real. Yeah. I don't know, you know, they don't really show this one. I think that's another thing is that you give a chance to see the Marsh Brothers movies, especially like on TCM, but they don't really... Uh, you don't really see this one. No, it's like the, the last one and just thrown together to make a little money. But I got to tell you, they do all their standard, like, you're going to see, uh, like what? Like, Chico. Oh, 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 oh. allow me, allow me, allow me. Please. Yeah, Chico's going to walk by. There'll be a piano in, like, some room. Yeah. And Chico's going to walk by. And he's going to be like, oh, and he'll finger pop it a couple of times. Right. And then later, like, Harpo will walk by. And there'll be a room with a harp. And he'll be like, oh, yeah, he'll yeah. finger pluck it a couple of times. And then there'll be Margaret Dumont. But in this movie, we have, an, uh, I guess, a Nazi general remove Margaret Dumont. It's going to be all that stuff. Yeah, it's going to be the, um, like, Chico has, um, Harpo has something very important to tell Chico, but of course Harper doesn't speak, so they gotta play charades. Right, but he makes noises, right? So he'll be like, oh, is it an arrow blade? Right, exactly. And Chico will try to scam Groucho, and you know, it's it's a standard Marx Brothers. Yeah. I guess, you know, the, the fabled movies, like, they would always say that they went on tour with it and they just kind of tweaked it until it was a machine and then they just went ahead and filmed it. But I don't know. I mean, like, uh, this one's pretty solid. You know, they didn't need to go on the road on this one. Well, Vaudeville made the Marx Brothers hone their act, all their stupid jokes. And um, yeah. this was you know, post, this was like retirement. He's cutting off. If I don't have a toupee on my head, neither do these roses. <laughs> so, Groucho threatened legal action against Warner Brothers because their current film was called Night and Day, 
And he said, that infringes on the titles of our Night at the Opera and Day at the Racers. They can't get away with this. Well, I can see, like, if it was the Road to series. You know, like, they should have sued Bob Hope and Vin Crosby should have sued Road to Partition, but that's just me. Uh, but, yeah, that's, that's vague enough, the way... I mean, they, you knew it was a Marx Brothers movie because the way it was named. Duck Soup wasn't named that way. Monkey Business. I guess it was two-word kind of... What was the other one? Coconut Face? And yeah. Okay, so... Raspberry. They're threatening to have a duel, a sword duel, and he's the greatest swordsman in Bavaria, which is uh, south... Well, that explains like a... He has fucking real swords on his wall, and he's just, like, pulling it out and chopping up the furniture. Yeah. Hey. See the funny joke? Um, he's in an umpire's y- y- outfit. Yeah. Protect him. He thinks that's been protect him. Ho, ho, ho. You know how Carl, you know how many times he's done this bit? This is the umpteenth time. It's the umpteenth time. Oh, ha, ha. Good one. I guess not, but yeah, thanks anyway. Oh, that's a sharp knife. Look at that twisting. Boing. Standard, like, walk five paces, right? So he's going to walk backwards. Right. Ah. And he goes, he says, ah, ah, dead. Get over there, you fool. He's not funny. He could just kill him. He was lying. You know, you don't have to have a duel. You can just shoot the guy. <laughs> Umpire's not going to stop that. <laughs> wow. Pretty good. I would put my monocle on after that stunt. Now, usually Harpo would do the, uh, the shtick with, like, Groucho, right, and Duck Soup. They were the mirror. But this, he's just doing this with this guy, and the, the guy's doing all right. They're holding up. He's a good partner with Harpo Marx. Yeah, you know, we won't see the bit where Harpo's in front of a bunch of children. Oh, right. Oh, God, that's like, you ever seen Night of the Opera where they're on the boat, and they're going to go over to uh, the opera on the boat, and uh, Chico just happens to be on a uh, deck where everyone's Italian, and they just happen to be a piano, and they just happen to be like six children by the piano. He's like, oh, let me play you a song, kids. No, but Harpo's the one who's like, children love him, like he's like a clown. Right, yeah. Well, he would drop silverware, too, like in several movies. Now look, what does he have love, at like, the end? Dice. Hey, yeah, because he's on the ground. Oh, my God. That's an old joke. Now. But he has those props. He tires out. He just tires the guy out. <laughs> oh. <laughs> this is in my audience now on Zoom. What if he ate the wrong prop? Would he die? Like he rolled the apple and ate the dice. Okay, so the toupee is missing. So she's going to go to the lost and found Beatrice to see, Uh to find out if it's there. Because the Nazi's stuck in his room, Stubel. Why can't he just wear a a cap, a Casablanca Fez? Casablanca. Right. She's like an hourglass. 
just wear a hat. I guess you weren't allowed inside. So he that was a very funny thing. He, um, he was scared of the beautiful woman. Ah. Uh. I'll give you a light, better yet. Uh, you give me the light, better yet. Let's open the window, better yet. He's going, how is it down on the other end? <laughs> so now they smoke filthy. each other out, and he says, this yeah. is like living in Pittsburgh. If you call that... I pay good money. We should flag this on YouTube. It's a smoking fetish video. Right. So this is before he grew a real mustache, right? Because when he became older, he had like a real mustache. It was a grease paint. Yeah, like when you would do the um, get, uh, talk your show. show. No. Uh, mm -hmm. Yeah, you get your life. Or best of Groucho as it was on syndication. He, she goes, I you know I stop at the hotel. I am Groucho. I stop at nothing. Now they're at the Lost Town. Oh, they're lots of fun. He, uh, you bet your life, you know, Groucho Marx was friends with Alice Cooper. And they, had, oh. they were photographed together. But I was watching You Bet Your Life, and one of the contestants was this older woman named Alice Cooper. Isn't that strange? I guess it's bound to happen. Okay, listen to this. Yeah, I know. Did you hear that? He goes, you know, I, I, miss I think you might be the most beautiful woman in the world. She goes, really? And he goes, no, but I don't mind lying if it'll get me somewhere. Wink, wink. Yeah, he's really dirty now. So For a 56-year-old, he's pretty filthy. Yes, absolutely. It's always implied. And um, later he will deny guests a room because they don't have a marriage certificate Like, because the world was pretty prim and proper. So... She has done her job. She has discovered that in the lost and found is, you see how she walked and her butt went back and forth? Groucho just said, yeah. that reminds me, I have to fix my watch. Hourglass figure, but he said that to us, the audience, the, yes. to the camera. Yeah, you don't like that. Here, watch her, him make fun of, Harpo make fun of her. Wow, well, how I, uh, he just killed my, uh, my heart on a smoke fetish. Now, his hair is natural here. Most of the time, he's got a wig on. Interesting. Uh, he looks pretty good. Yeah. Oh, look at that monocle joke. This is 1946? Yeah. Today, we would have a stereo big... joke. Now, wait. Yeah. Here is... Who's sorry now? And they're pretending the audience is singing, but it's obviously a chorus. Actually, I, I hear a different song. Hey now, somebody once told me. Sing along if you know the words. You're I'm not the sharpest. Now, Why I you gotta be so rude? song, but this song actually um, was like made in the twenties and so many people have recorded it. 
Interesting. So it would be like a, a traditional song. Like you would, you would be able to sing it to a crowd of Casablanca in the 40s. Right, and everyone would know it. So it was published in 1923, and some guy named Isham Jones took it to the number three on the top hit list. But also in 1923 were one, two, three, Four other people recorded the same song. Something you don't so, see yeah. these days. But you can't get away with it now. Do you think kind of, I mean, you know, were they like, were they trying to rip off a hit song by just recording their own version? Like, no, look at that. Back then, like, someone would write a song and everyone would take a stab at it. Um, okay. And there was a version okay. in 1945 there was a version by Harry James in 45, released in 46. So maybe it was, I don't know. Somehow that song got bought for this, uh, for this movie. Interesting. Okay, now this guy has in information on how to look ugly. Um, his information is like, what German might wear a toupee in the hotel? And he's like, you have to give me a couple hundred francs for that, monsieur. What kind of weird question? Oh, yeah, look at Stiffy. Wait. Oh, and Harper's wearing a top. So, here's one of my favorite scenes, probably my favorite scene, uh, or segment. He needs money. You know, Pierre needs a couple hundred francs, and he's broke. So Chico wants to come up with money. Uh, and the, re the they see the maitre d'. He goes, no, I'm not like that. Come on, you. He sees the maitre d' get tipped oh, yeah, and give a table to someone. So he's like, if everybody tips us for tables, he goes, I got it a good idea. I love how a Jewish guy imitates an Italian guy. I just, it just never stops amusing me. Oh yeah, there you go. He was, he's Jewish, he was Jewish? Yeah, but he's always like Chico, or you know, I'm Castanetti, or whatever his name is to say. So there was one time, oh, uh, I forget which movie it was, uh, Groucho was showing him a map of where they were going to build houses and the, it was down by like the levees right so he goes here it is right uh -huh. my good man down by the levees and so Ch Chico goes oh it's a Jewish neighborhood right down by the levees <laughs> yeah once in a while Groucho will slip that in is that the one? It's like coconut something. I wish I knew my shit better before I got on air. But, oh, coconut, uh, day, something like that. It was the housing boom. Yeah, right. Okay. Yeah, that's a great one. That's the one with the sanity clause. Yes, and okay. So Groucho, I don't know if he did it on purpose to get rid of the count, who's really the Nazi Stubel, but he spilled. He's, he looked at the camera again. You you hate that. Yeah. Second time. No, that's why. Listen, if you're Eddie Murphy in this trading places, that is fine, no problem. Mm -hmm. No, I guess I guess Groucho can get away with it. Yeah, he's putting silverware in. I'll have what she's having. Better yet, I'll have her. Yeah. Well, he 
she goes, she goes, I'm thirsty. And he goes, what are you having? And she goes, champagne. He goes, waiter, waiter. He says, get her a cheese sandwich. Put the, get, bill it to her. I don't get that. He's like, do you rumba? I don't, but I'll walk around. He goes, he gives her the cigar and goes, hold this till I get back. Now he's like, I'm back. I'm back. Yeah. Now, see, they're, I mean, it's all... they're continuing to populate the dance floor with tables and seating people for money. They don't even work here. Thank God the tables were there. <laughs> oh, yeah. So it was for charity. Groucho goes... Like, like I can remember when this was all farmland, you know. Grouchy goes, I remember, I could remember when this was all dance floor. Oh, the umpteenth time. He goes, uh, they have an excellent floor show here. Too bad they don't have a floor. See, look at how the bowl. This is like a good film. Like in Goodfellas, where uh, he gets his own ta uh, table, like they bring him to the back. Right, right. I haven't got a flaw. How I got in my pajamas? It's because I paid him for sexual favors. Look, only Groucho oh, Grouch. dancing. So he just kicked the Nazi. First off, that Nazi has a big fucking scar on his face. Like that, that's pretty noticeable. Uh huh. Right on his forehead. Yes. On his bald spot. He's known to be bold and has a scar on his face. So if you meet a guy with a toupee with a scar on his face, don't think, oh, look, hey, Chico, I noticed you were walking by a piano. Do you mind to play? Right. No, exactly no. right, Mike. She, the guy's like, hey, I got to make a phone call. Would you sit in for me? Phone call. I'm calling Water Brothers. I'm, letting, I'm calling fucking Humphrey Bogart. I'm calling Sam. Watch how he throws the baton. Holy shit, he nearly hit the trumpet player. <laughs> the trumpet player's like, I'm gonna fucking kill you, Chico. Look at that hate. That stare he's giving. What's he yeah, playing? You know the song, um, we'll roll out the barrel and we'll have a barrel of fun. That's what he's actually playing, yeah. but he doesn't really play that melody till the way end. Oh, I think I know the word. Roll out. Uh, the barrel. Make sure there's no monkeys in there. Yeah, barrel. if there are monkeys. Now look at his face. We'll get not. Yeah, I know. I love it. I love it. This, but and I love what like what? This is a typical Marx Brothers film. This there's nothing different here about this film except that they did it sort of like they just threw it together and did it last minute. But it's a it's your. It says everything the Marx Brothers promises you. I don't know why the yeah. internet thinks it's so, you know. It gets lumped in, it gets lumped in like with all their later works or the crappy films, you know, which are kind of the same, one of the same. So, you know. Mm -hmm. Well, because I, I think Night of the Opera is probably my, my favorite. I mean, I love du Duck Soup's great. Duck Soup, yeah. yeah Duck Soup's great. Flawless, that movie. Oh, hey, look, his buddy's back. He's on the second piano. Because that was the second piano. The joke of this song is they're all bouncing together. 
Oh, yeah. Come see Night in Casablanca. Chico has not one but two pianos. I'm going to walk by two pianos. Are there two harps in this movie? Just the one harp. Yeah. I know why there is a two of harps. I mean, they didn't want to, you know, I that would be, you, did, you don't want to harp on it. Well, you know, two of harps, there are two harps that beat as one. <laughs> you too? Yeah. Two of harps, you know, you too. Two uh, harps <laughs> beat as You can one. see it in Chico's. Blocks, I don't know. You can see the money like Chico's going to make in his eyes. He's like, I just got to do this number, yeah. and my debts are paid. That's right. Done. Yeah. Okay, so Beatrice oh, said, why can't we be alone? And he goes, if I didn't know the sound of your voice, I would swear that I said that. <laughs> so she goes, meet, meet me on the corner of La Rue, blah, blah, and La Rue, right? So that's where Groucho went off yeah. to. That's says dirty. Rue Lafayette. These guys are like. So oh, comes... yeah. Rooming Street. Look, he's all fucked. Wow. Because he got, tried to get somebody, a car tried to hit him. Yeah, he's a fucking meth cooker. Is what happened. His lab blew up. Makes sense. That's why I talk a million miles an hour. Yeah. I'm covered in it. He goes. Wait, because been. He goes. A, a car tried to hit me. Then it tried to hit me again. Then I went up a, a palm tree and it hit the palm tree. You know, it's like. Yeah. Well, that must be a bad ride. Oh, so they were trying to kill Groucho. Yes, they were. He's the manager. They are always trying to kill the manager. So Stubel can become the manager. And we don't know why, but I'll just ruin it for you. The, the treasure is hidden in the hotel. And the manager, of course, no. will have access to everything. Now, how many movies did they did in a fucking hotel, right? There was uh, Room Service. There was Coconut Grove. There was this one. I really don't know, but it's a very familiar setting for them. Now, Harpo is overhearing that they're going to try to kill Corn Blue, which is Groucho, the manager. They're going to try to kill him. Bro, have you ever seen uh, Rob Zombie's uh, Devil Rejects? Nope. Or a uh, house of a thousand corpses. No, it has this like murder. There's a murder family. I wouldn't recommend the film, but they are named after uh, uh, Groucho Marx characters. Oh. So there's like Firefly and Otis Driftwood and Captain Spaulding, but they're like cruel serial killers. Yeah. But in the second Not movie, interested. in Devil's Reject, there's like a '70s TV. Uh, oh, they're doing the stick you're telling. Yeah, it's the charades. It's true. Oh, this is where he makes a Chinese joke, right? He goes, uh, Chinese, uh, chop suey, rice. Uh, yes, actually. I remember. Yes. Yeah, I do remember. He's trying to say surprise. And he goes, soup, oh, rice. soup, rice, soup, rice. Oh, you got a surprise, hey! Oh, my God, this thing goes on forever. It does. What's the message? What's the trade? How many words? 115? Fuck, this is going to take forever. 
But he makes noises, right? Like he can make like barking noises. Why can't he just say, you know, they're gonna try to kill Groucho? Write it down. Uh, All my debts will be wiped away after this bit. Yeah, that's right. All I gotta do is ask you a who's a room and then pay my debts. Hey! Third base. Sorry, I wasn't listening. It makes him say, I don't know who. Who? Twist. Every dollar of it. B twist. B twist. B twist. B twist. B twist. Oh my god. There's the dog sounds. This is what. Pekingese. Doglet. Pekingese. Oh, Pekingese. I was going to say dog leg. I go to the golf. Wait. Okay, for $20,000, we're on the final one. Is that your final answer? <laughs> yeah, we need, like, Rob Lowe to host this. Oh, I'm so sorry. The flower. It's a smack. Oh my god, this is a... Well, this is the length of the show right here. The sketch. Our show is normally two hours. I blame this this routine. <laughs> yeah. Shut up your face. What's the matter, you? Hey. Hey, God, no respect. Hey. Hey. What you gonna do? Hey, what you gonna say? Ah, shut up. Shut up for your face. <laughs> it's a not so bad. It's a nicer place. Ah, shut up for your face. So. That guy wasn't even Italian. Oh, here we go. Here's uh. Does he even know he's playing with uh, against a Nazi? Yeah. He goes. Boy, he goes. Reserve me a plane seat to Tunis. And he goes, oh, there's beautiful women in Tunis. He goes, I'm not interested in beautiful women. And he goes, oh, you should see some of the women I've dated then. Oh, I got you, right. So he goes, oh, no, boss, he's got something to tell you. So he's doing all of that stuff. Super fast. Yeah. It's just, all three of them are on the same screen. Come back, Groucho. Oh, there they are. They're three things. Now, come back, Harpo. This is like the moment in Heat where Al Pacino and the Robert De Niro on the same screen, on the same, you know, screen. You go, yeah, they're all together. He just made fun of his hat, you see. He goes, they're going to kill you. It's all over the tell-tell. He goes, why don't they tell me these things? He goes, I don't mind dying, but I just resent having to hear it from a guy with a p whose head comes to a point. Oh, yeah. What kind of hat is that? Is that like a pork? I mean, it, for, to me, it's always going to be a Chico hat. But I, I know it has a certain name to it. Well, I'm pork, sure. Is it a pork pot? Look it up. But I'm sure it's like, you know, in the 20s and 30s, it was some stereotypical Italian hat. Oh, right. I got you. I wear it every night in vaudeville. People loved it. Ooh, look at that wife. Oh, uh, you know Harper's going to eat that fucking candle. Yeah, he does, and he does the finger. Okay, so what happens here is he, you know, Harpo's hungry. So Chico's like, boss, your food could be poisoned. 
you need a guinea pig. He goes, I'm going to eat my steak. Right. You can have the guinea pig. Well, I think you take a go down south. Oh, why would you go down south? My meth lab blew up in the last scene. I said a car hit me. Oh, yeah, look at that meat. He goes, you oh, eating steak. And he goes, that is me steak. And I want to eat it. Oh, there we go. I guess I don't keep kosher. They made his hair super curly. His hair is just a normal straight hair. But he didn't wear right. a wig, and they made his hair super curly. So he would always wear a wig, but in this film, they just curled out his hair. Yeah. They gave him a perm. Here's your, uh, so he puts the flame on his yeah, hair. Nice. You know, they were talking about uh, Buster Keaton, and Buster Keaton sold a bunch of his gags to Marx Brothers. So the oh. scene where Harpo is in Night of the Opera, where he's tearing down the, the backdrops, that was from an old uh, Harold Lloyd film. I don't know where this joke came from. Probably a caveman, the giant cork. Yeah. Big Fred Flintstone sold him that. And so there's so much cork glutch, there's no champagne in it. There was no room. Crash is going to stick it up his ass. Oh, no. That's like one of those old-style telephones. Not that, conversation. Right? It was a regular old modern telephone. It was a salty call. See, it's very classic Mother, Marx Brothers here. Well, They're giving us what we yeah. paid for. Oh, gross. Yeah, you're in. <laughs> That's right. They touch each other's balls and they kiss each other in the mouth. Now look, I paid for that. His foot is like a. Watch, see, oh, yeah, the a... Marx Brother film. Right. Oh, it's like an ashtray. Yeah. Oh, that's weird. I know that foot from Yellow Submarine. Now that was the typical girl running away from him, but he didn't chase. Right. Did you ever see The Man Who Came to Dinner? It was from the 30s, and it was based on a radio play or what have you, or play, and uh, it's about a theater critic who gets stuck in this house, and he won't leave. He's like the guest that won't leave. Mm -hmm. And he brings over his friend, and his friend is like Harpo Marx, but it's played by Jimmy Durante. So it's Jimmy Durante as Harpo Marx, and he's chasing women around. He talks. He's off camera, but he's like, you know, he does the leg bit, and he chases, he sees a woman, and he drops everything and runs, chases after them. Watch, he's like offended. In all the years I've been in the hotel business, that's the phoniest story I've ever heard. I suppose your name is Smith. No, it's Smythe, spelled with a Y. Oh, that's the English version. Mr. and Mrs. Smythe are no baggage. Oh, it's a zoo. He is in this motel, right? Casablanca. It's a hotel, but so <laughs> they don't have any bags. So he's like, they, he thinks they're just there to screw. I, he doesn't really. I, I don't know what's going on here. He's just teasing, I guess. But he wants to see their marriage license. It's funny. 
goes, well, you know, if they if that couple wanted to go to the uh, Notel Motel in Casablanca, I would recommend the Spray It Again Sam Motel. <laughs> Say it again, Sam. Spray it again. Right. Oh, why? Well, I, I we never have sex. Yeah, there you go, the marathon license. Okay, so I love how he smokes. they want to kill him, so Beatrice is going to lure him to his her room. Right. She's also a Nazi, a Nazi singer. She's a Nazi sympathizer? I don't know. Maybe you're right. I don't know if she's a Nazi. I mean, uh... Well, this is possible, you know, sides to the reverse. Nazi party, were they? I mean... They weren't soldiers. I don't know. I never saw Casablanca. I saw Casablanca like years ago. Let's put it that way. Like that's nuts. You've got to see it. I've seen it. I've seen it once. Our friend Tom, he loved that movie. He had all these posters and uh, pictures of Humphrey Bogart, and he yeah, knew it by heart. You know what? Tom. Uh, it's almost like he was showing off, like. That movie's supposed well, to be a great movie, so he was like, yeah, I love it. I don't know. Yeah, but also, I mean, how old was he? He was, he was pretty young. I mean, we, yeah, were in our, right. we were teenagers, so, you know, we all had our passions. I thought, uh, I don't know. I don't know what I thought I liked. I liked Abby Hoffman. I thought he was kind of a cool guy. Mm-hmm. Okay, so they have between the fifth and sixth floor, so he can't go to Beatrice's room because he's stuck. So he says, oh, no. you go out there and get help. So Harpo... Because you think it's ironic? Discovery. He... Yeah. Oh, so he's going to find the loot, I guess, the loot crate. Oh, there it is, the loot crate entrance. Right. In video games, you can, you can, there's something called loot crates that you pay for with real money. And it, it's a gambling game where it offers you like a rare weapon. Could offer you. Hey, hey there it is. Call Bob Babadan and uh, now we'll what, did you ever see that George Clooney movie we'll, where it's... we'll see the shadow of one of the cast members soon, one of the off-screen okay. people. Oh, like a by accident? Yeah. Ooh, real gold. That must have cost him a lot to to the scene. Just to do the set, right? We uh, thought. Um, we thought buying 1936 magazines for um, Little Miss Marker was a block of money. Yeah, this is too much of this. Hey, did he find a harp? Uh-oh. Another harp? Two harps? Is it harpsichordist? He's killing it. You know, I love Harpo. This is great. It's, the thing is, is like you know, you've seen all the other movies so many times, but you don't really see this one as much. Wow, he just—he doesn't care that it's looted art. He'll just fuck with it. George Clooney directed a bunch of movies, Carl. He directed a movie uh, about American soldiers reclaiming uh, stolen loot from the Nazis. With Bill I don't Murray I and Monument yeah, Man. Bob. Monument Man. Well, I can't, I'm sure it was very memorable, even though I can't even remember the name. 
I wonder if they found a harp and then like Bill Murray played it. Why you gotta be so rude? Don't you know I'm human too? This movie was originally going to be a complete and 100% spoof on Casablanca. Really? That's interesting, because Casablanca came out, what, like two years prior? Uh, 42, so four years Oh, so prior. years. That's right, it, it happened during the war, I remember that. Now, I was there. Marx Brothers financed this movie themselves. Did they get their money back? Uh, I don't know. Chico's probably like, I still have debt. Couldn't he play the harp better in that movie? Now, he plays a classical song and then he jazzes it up. Yeah. Do you know the classical song? It goes... He does that, but he jazzes it up. Oh, I actually know that song from what you sang to me. It's my ringtone. <laughs> I actually listen to my phone. I was gonna hang up. I thought I wasn't gonna answer. I thought it was my mom. There you go, yeah. Now, the harp isn't the most difficult thing in the world. Like any other instrument, you learn it. Um, but he is very talented, you know? Um, the harp is right. sort of like... If you had a piano, the guts of a piano standing up straight. So... Each note is, each string is its own note. You know, he's very talented. It's, people look at the harp and they're like, oh, I could never do that. You can. There, It's even color coordinated, you know. Uh, if you took harp lessons, you could get it. But uh, he's very good. Well, I think it's that you can, like, it's not like you could walk into, like, this guitar center and put down a, a layaway plan for a harp. No. You know, either you have a harp or you don't have a harp. Right. Tuning unless, I mean, unless someone, I mean, at what point do you go, let's get a harp, and you're like, okay, son, you better fucking commit to this goddamn harp, otherwise I got to put it in the closet with the piano and the, uh, uh, the theremin. Look. I don't want to play harp anymore, I want to play theremin. Theremin's oh. great. That's spooky sounding. I own a theremin, I've never turned it on. Really? Yeah. Oh, Carl, can I tell you a really funny story? Okay. Years ago at a movie theater that closed, but there was a documentary in the 90s called Theremin. And it was about the Theremin and talked about Lost Weekend and talked about all the science fiction movies and talks about the guy and the, the weird history of this guy and with the Russians. And uh, the movie theater had promised a live Theremin player called, I think it was like Nickelback Theater or something like that. Okay. But this man was going to play the Thurman afterwards. So this whole movie unspools and everyone was like really enchanted by the whole like mystique of the, the creator and the music and the, the pop culture influence. And at the end of the movie, this guy comes in and with his Thurman, he puts it right in front of the screen. Within 30 seconds of playing, half the audience has left. 
Really? Like the guy was like, wah, bam, 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 bam. yeah, like the whole audience left. Like they were so psyched at hearing about this this musical instrument. And then when the guy actually played it, everyone just walked out. That's like he was doing like noise type of stuff. But I, I, I watched the whole thing. I liked it. Oh, boy. This time I'll walk. Yeah. I'll climb up the stairs. Now, Chico knows, because Harpo told him, they're trying to kill him. So this whole segment, Chico will interrupt and cause trouble, trying to be his bodyguard, you know? So... All right. The ruse is... Uh, Heinrich is going to come, you know, the Count is going to come through the door and find Groucho and pretend to be jealous fiancé and kill him. And then they'll say it was self-defense or some such thing. So he keeps showing up, but they've changed rooms. And where's Chico? Chico? He's going to show up, right? Yeah, he's going to yeah. knock on the door and stuff like that. So it'll be like, yeah, so uh, let's have sex. Okay. Knock, knock, knock. Hey, uh, I'm here to have sex. Oh, there's the Pekingese. Right. Or as I like to say, what? You got a Pekingese? Oh. Yeah. See? It goes, up, boss. You got a girl in there. Yeah, right. Let me in. <laughs> oh yeah so he would always play against like margaret dumont like the upper crust woman and like who just oh, yeah. you know he would kind of but she was never a nazi sympathizer no she was always just the oh my goodness lady you know the yeah shocked but a lot of times it, like in Duck Soup, she's always like kind of bemused, you know, like obviously he's taking advantage of her, but she just, you know, she's charmed by the whole thing. Yeah. Like I, I ultimately think it's like, but this one is like, you know, I guess in Casablanca in the movie, like the, there's no really good guy or bad guy. It's kind of blurred. So that maybe that's why. What, in this film? The comedy dynamic. Really good and well, in, in the actual Casablanca. Oh, uh, no, there was actual good and bad guys, right? Um, I don't know. I saw it once. I saw it in film class. Okay, I audited so, the film class and watched it. Uh, Ig Ig Ingrid Bergman is trying to help her husband who's helping the cause of the war, okay? So, in a sense, he's a bad guy to Sam. But at the same time, Sam overcomes his own personal uh i don't know what the word is to go for the greater good so the guy's not an enemy in the end so it is complicated uh, isn't it yeah i guess it is oh my god what a word dog Hey, boss, you got a girl in there. 
<laughs> yeah, I tell you, at the worst time, Shika's always knocked at the door. <laughs> hey, did we get paid up front for this movie? Chico, not now. This movie was about money. As a matter of fact, I don't know who offered him, but Harpo was offered 50 grand. Remember, in 1946 money, so that would be about a half a million dollars. To utter the single word murder in this film. Presumably to add publicity value to the film, having him speak only the only time on screen. Harpo declined the offer and never spoke publicly yeah. until a concert one year before his death. Well, he, he, he had a famous, uh, there's a famous book called Harpo Speaks, written by his son, uh, that, that kind of paints like a very yeah, a very nice portrait of his of his father and uh, a lot of people kind of learned about Harpo that way you know and there's also the Groucho letters which I never read but I read the Harpo book years ago and uh, there's always like there's always cool film books with the Har with the Marsh Brothers you know always like black and white photos or just like the original title cards and then kind of vaudeville photos and stuff like that like. If you dig around and use bookstore, I'm sure you're going to find like some out of print Marx Brothers book scripts, Wyatt Duck. Right. Yeah. That's good that Mark. Oh, what I mean, was known. I saw some footage of him with his family, and he was super old, like 70 or something, and he was still funny. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, they all kind of held up pretty well. Yeah. I guess it's good for Zeppo. Were you a fan of Zeppo? Like when there was the four Marx Brothers? Great man. He would always have the romance. Like whoever, whatever girl he was courting would always last her at the end. Right. And he'd be a beautiful singer. So Harpo found five bucks, right? So the Count will have none yeah. of that. If you're doing number five, I'm not. So Harpo <laughs> will win. So He is such an anarchist. Now he'll let it ride, and he'll win again. And he'll let it ride, and he'll win again. Nice. Oh, and he knows, like, that's Rusty. So he's like, I can't believe my pool boy is winning. Right. Wow, that's some animation right there. The coin's going up. They must have got it from the gold diggers of 1933 or something. <laughs> 49, the, go the gold rush? Yeah, I guess, no, there was a, it was a Bugsby Berkeley kind of a musical uh, review, and it was uh, basically various song numbers and skits. And it came out in 33, so they called it The Gold Diggers of 33. Oh, oh. It's a cool movie. I think it was 33, but they, it was named after the year of its release, like as if it was a vaudeville show where they say, you know, 39's greatest uh, show, the 39 review. Sounds fun. Never heard of it. You know what sounds terrible? The Gold Diggers of 2020. That is one year I do not want to relive. <laughs> I would like to get a gold digger. I mean, there's no gold, but... Oh, yeah. Yeah, you have to get the gold first. Five! Hey, 20. So, 
He's the manager of the hotel. So he goes up and he goes, oh, we have gambling here? You know, like all surprised. And he goes, sir, if he, you know, the limit is too high. If he wins, he will break the bank. And he goes, well, you know the odds of someone hitting five again? There's no way he's going to do that. And they say, (laughs) so he goes, what, not if I roll the wheel so groucho himself threw the ball and now the count is convincing the cop and the mayor of the town that it was a setup they're in it together interesting but they weren't no it was luck yeah you know carl there's a comic book that just that came out recently which took a script that Salvador Dali wrote. He was going to make a movie with the Marx Brothers. And he was like, really? Oh, giraffe something. Yeah, so this guy took the script and took some historical notes, and he just kind of made a graphic novel of it. Interesting. And, and it stars the Marx Brothers, and it has Salvador Dali in it. And it's, it's interesting. Yeah, for sure. Okay. There's always now we have books. our Act 3 set up, Okay. Okay. They've been thrown into jail, okay? And Beatrice is going to overhear that the count is taking the he's been now uh he's become the hotel manager, so he's going to take the Nazi loot and run away and they're going to leave Beatrice behind. So Beatrice sort of like changes sides. Um uh, calls the cops on him and stuff. You go Beatrice. Meanwhile, Pierre is going to get flown to uh, France by plane and tried by a military court for, I don't know, taking the treasure and crashing his plane. I'm not sure for what. So he's a bad guy in this. What? Look at, oh. I'm sorry, I was distracted by Harpo's antics in the background. You, you didn't say he was the bad guy. He's the good guy, you see? And, like, this is the Act 3 setup. Everything's down on its luck. He's going to get tried by a military tribunal. But now they find out oh, Harpo knows where the treasure is. Yeah. Ground basement. Treasure. Next floor, basement. Men's out of there. Treasure. Be quiet. It will never escape if you keep on yelling. There you go. Oh, they're going to let her out, too. Come on, come on, Dorothy from Wizard of Oz. <sighs> Next floor, housewares, formal wear, treasure. <laughs> Nazi loot. Nazi loot. Wow, they got a lot of crap. This is hearing she's going to be on the outs. So she's pretending she's horrible acting. She's pretending she's calling. <laughs> you think they, you think uh, Archie Mayo, the director, is behind uh, the, the office camera? Uh, hello. <laughs> Thanks, Archie. You're right. What kind of white name is that? Archibald Mayonnaise. Archibald Eld Mayonnaise. <laughs> and um, Archie Eld. By Joseph Fields and Ronald Kibble. Kibby. Uh, Ronald Kibby, Kibby. wrote oh. Groucho Marx. Um, he was in the Air Force in World War II, and after the 
you know, his military service, he co-wrote this movie. Um, this is all like almost immediately after he got out. Because yeah. this is 1946, right? So the war just ended and just uh, ended. Yes. Well, that's nothing, nothing better than going back to the theater and watching the war again. Yeah. Well, all films were, like, stuck on the war at this point. Now, the Marx Brothers would be in one more film. It's called Love Happy, uh, but it's uninspired, yep. you know? And the three are never in the same scene together. So even though this isn't Wasn't literally the their final film, it is. Well, this is the greatest story ever told, the Cecil B. DeMille movie, where the, it's like a three-hour film about Bible stories, and each, each Marx Brothers has their own scene in it. Uh-huh. But they're, they're not together. Which is crazy. Huh. After the yeah. Beatles broke up, they would appear on each other's films, uh, on each other's uh, songs, you know, but never all of them together. Well, we could. I can name you a movie. We saw it where uh, Beetle, a Beetle made a movie and another Beetle showed up. Uh, you mean Ringo showing up for Paul? Yeah, for Give My Regards to Broad Street. Yeah. That's absolutely right. Okay, now, as you know, this is the third act, but this is a very, very, very bizarre scene. This is an act two kind of scene. This is a, like... We're hiding so we can't be discovered scene. It's really smacks of act two, but it's not. Now, uh, the fiance has run off to get Pierre from the airfield and bring him here because this Nazi treasure will exonerate him, okay? So the Marx Brothers' idea is to delay, delay the Count from leaving, delay the Nazi from leaving. It's really not an Act 3 type of scene at all. It doesn't make sense. But here we are. It's funny. It is funny. Right. Yeah, I mean, you want to see them do the hijinks like that. Uh, no, but what jacket. I'm saying is, like, Act 3 is always about, like, it's about the car chase. It's about the ticking time bomb. It's about the contest, you know? Act three is the fight. It's the race. It's we've only got one hour before the bomb blows up. You know, act three is always... Uh, well, when you, when you hide in a trunk, it's because you're going to discover something, and that's going to propel the story. That's act two stuff, hiding in a trunk. Yeah. Chaos. But yeah, I mean, the Marx Brothers I always loved just because they're like chaos incarnate, you know, like it's yeah. always this, this, they're anarchists, and it's great. And uh, fucking Bugs Money ripped off their act and made an empire. Bugs Money ripped I would say Wonder Brothers. Right off their act. You know, he's like, he's like Groucho and Chico and uh, Harpo all mixed in one. He's, he has that kind of... Well, he's chaos. Banter. Yeah. He can, he kind of scams people like Chico, and he bends the rules like Harpo, you know, when it comes to props and stuff. Mm-hmm. 
Although, you know who I, I really feel bad for? is the lemonade salesman and, and duck soup, the one where they put their feet into his lemonade. I always felt bad for that guy. I don't remember. Well, what happened? Well, they would, like, cut his tie, and they would, like, light his hat on fire, and they would, uh, like, he, the guy shows up to his uh, lemonade stand, and fucking Harpo has his feet. He's, like, sitting in the lemonade stand with his feet in the, in the lemonade. You know, I, I have seen every, Har- every Marx Brother movie, and... I think that I remember other ones more than Duck Soup, I guess, even though that's the greatest one. Yeah. I loved when they went west and A Night at the Opera. and um... Yeah, the Night at the Opera, they're mostly on a boat. Like They don't get to the opera until the third act, but the, the, the boat stuff is hysterical. I mean, that's what I always loved. Is Day of the Races, you know, I saw that... Yeah, right. They're stowaways and two hard-boiled eggs. Honk, honk. Make that four boiled, hard-boiled eggs. Yeah, and there was the woman who's like, uh, you can't keep me cooped up in here. She was with the mobster. Uh, yeah. Yeah, and they did the, of course, the, they did the old mirror act. Uh. Well, that was, oh, and, and, and that one? No, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, I guess so. I really like that. No, duck soup. <sighs> People think that Groucho you know, uh, is hysterical, but what they're doing is they're watching like the clips of him, the highlights, because he did. Right. Oh, absolutely. He did have funny lines. He's a, In a regular movie, well, he, he tells so many not funny jokes. Well, they could have been funny back then. He's all about rhythm. He's all about cadence. He's all about a comic flow. Like he has a comic rhythm to him that's undeniable and. So it doesn't really matter sometimes if it's not like a, a killer joke. It's just the uh, the way he, you know, he'll look in the camera and he'll say, can you believe that? Or, you know, like he'll just kind of go in and disrupt everyone. Duck Soup has all the great lines. And you're right that it could be that um, it, it culturally it was funny. And, and yeah. it's not a part of that culture. Right, yeah. I mean, sometimes he'll say, like, kind of a racist joke, and you go, whoa, where did that come from? Or, like, he'll do it, but it's more like, you know, just like it seemed like a joke at the time, like a reference to whatever, but 